Welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. In this series, Simon Barrington and Johnny Abbott are joined each week by emerging leaders from the millennial generation. Today our guest is Rachel Luchford and in this special episode, Johnny asks Rachel and Simon about the research they've recently published on millennials in leadership. Welcome to this week's episode of the Forge Leadership Podcast. My name is Johnny Abbott and this is a podcast to engage with Christian millennials who lead across all sectors of society, promoting character, stimulating discussion, hearing stories and giving millennials a leadership voice. And this week's slightly different because I'm hosting and not Simon Barrington, your normal host, because he's actually being interviewed along with Rachel Litchford, uh, who work for the Leadership Podcast. So welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks, uh, Johnny. You've taken over. I've taken over the podcast. This could go anywhere, <laughs> it couldn't it? Could, it could go really, all sorts I'm of directions. I'm really worried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw in questions here, there, and everywhere. Uh, like your, your most embarrassing moment, something like that. Anyway, we'll get there. But um, it's great to have you guys with us. Um, I say with us, it's great to be with you guys. It would probably be a more accurate way of saying things. Um, but you guys have done a whole bunch of research recently and you guys have done a whole bunch of different things which we're going to get to a little bit later uh, but want to start by getting to know you guys a little yeah. bit first and so the listeners can know uh, where this podcast comes from where it's flowing from uh, and so Simon let's start with you tell us can you tell us briefly about your leadership journey yeah um, so I was a senior manager in British Telecom for 14 years uh, then came out of that and spent 14 years leading a major international relief and development organization called uh, Samaritan's Purse and then last year about a year ago uh, I left that gave it all up and started uh, Forge Leadership with the big dream really of raising up a generation of leaders who uh, know Jesus uh, have an intimate relationship with Jesus um, have a deep level of security in their identity uh, in Christ um, are able to lead with an inner strength and resilience with integrity and therefore influence across all sectors of society so spent the last year building that and as part of that Rachel came on board uh, to help us with the research great and so that's huge and so uh, senior role at British Telecoms yeah. uh, senior role at a uh, big charity yeah. uh, now heading this up and so yeah. you could probably write a book about all of those experiences in there uh, is there one or two years that you look back on in terms of maybe the best the best of the lot. Ooh. Um, so uh, during the time at Samaritan's Purse, I went and studied a master's in uh, global leadership, which sounds very grand. It is it? very grand. Yeah, yeah, it was from an American university, so they kind of put labels like that on their degrees. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really good. And actually, that the big thing, and, and Johnny, you and I talked about this last week on the podcast, was just having uh, leaders who have huge levels of competence um, but also have a deep level of character as well and the tension of holding those two uh, together. So while I was at Fuller, that's when that hit me. Um, I was aged 40, 41, um, and I came back from that going, actually, I need to work harder on my character. Competency is doing well, organisation is doing well, um, but actually I need to learn to be more authentic, more who I truly am, more vulnerable, um, more real and in doing that invite more people into the journey and out of that came the best years of leading that I enjoyed the most anyway I'm, yeah, that's really cool I, I think the team around me enjoyed them as well but I, I enjoyed them <laughs> and so I've seen a whole bunch of the research and a whole bunch of that comes up later which yeah. really looking forward to digging into a little bit but Rachel you're here as well uh, how did you wind up into all of this Forge leadership consultancy stuff so I graduated from university about a year ago. Before that, I did a leadership course in Canada. 
um, came out and ended up back in the leadership world researching the millennial research for the last year. Um, kind of knew Simon was starting up for leadership and was interested in what he was doing. Um, and yeah, became the researcher. And so casually did a big leadership thing in Canada. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just throwing that in there. Just went around the other side of the world in the snow for a bit and did all of that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What was, what was that about? Yeah, so five month course in Canada called Solage. Um, and it's kind of extreme adventure with leadership, discipleship stuff. So we did um, mission, we had theology teaching, uh, mentorship, and then did kind of climbing up ice waterfalls and quad biking off frozen lakes and that kind of thing. And so I'm aware that a whole bunch of people will be listening to this and saying, rewinding and working out what <laughs> it was that you went to, that soul edge. Yeah, soul edge. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. Definitely so recommend. What is your role here? What is it that you do in terms of the, the, the forge leadership stuff? What, what would you do day to day? Um, so I'm the researcher and every day looks completely different. Um, so, <laughs> Best roles do. <laughs> yeah, it was interviewing and collecting data and now it's um, writing reports and kind of editing and preparing for launch events and that kind of thing. Cool. And you recently got married? Yes. Five, six months ago. Something cool. like that. That's great. And so I know Josh. Josh is an absolutely lovely man. Legend. Um, he's an absolute hero. Josh, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, so why wouldn't you be? What's the best thing about being married to Josh and what's his worst habit? Well, the best thing we actually see each other after doing years of long distance. So like Yay. actually see him like multiple times a week. Um, pretty good. Um, worst thing, oh he likes to help out and cook, but is a lot slower. I'm an efficient cook, so washing up before like we eat the meal and using like the least amount of pans and pots. Josh, like, oh we could use all the things we have in the cupboard and leave it all to wash up after. Yeah. As long as it's still we could wash them up afterwards. Already mentioned uh, a bit about some of the millennial research that we've been doing. I want to dig into that a little bit more because that's been really exciting. Um, Simon, can you just give us a background in terms of what the yeah background to the research why is it important what's it what's the aim of it what's it going to give us yeah so um as i already said uh age 40 i kind of worked out that <laughs> or was helped to work out by fuller um that actually this is much more about leading from who i am mm. than leading out what i do great okay? and so formation of identity spiritual formation and character becoming absolutely critical in leadership development and I was convinced that actually there wasn't enough emphasis on that within corporate world mm. um, or within churches or within um, leadership development and so in finishing at Samaritan's Purse I went away to Canada for three weeks which is the Best place the world needs more Canada, yeah. isn't it, right, Jeff? This is going to have okay. a great listening Can rate on the other side of the world, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Can Canadians, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I started praying about what God wanted me to do, and uh, in that kind of praying and walking with my wife, Heather, uh, God gave me the five eyes, intimacy with Jesus, integrity, identity, influence, and the strength. And then I started asking God, well, well, what do you want me to do with that? And uh, really the vision uh, that he gave me was to plant a walnut tree, i.e. to plant something that will outlast my lifetime. Mm. Actually to plant something that will invest in younger leaders who can go further and faster than I ever could, um, will take this stuff, learn it aged 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 18, mm. um, rather than wait until they're 40, mm. because fundamentally I think leaders can have greater influence if they have greater character aligned with their competence. So then going, well, where are millennials in their understanding of character and uh, in their understanding of 
what it takes to be a, a, a character-based leader, and where are they, where's the research, started looking around, couldn't find any, couldn't find any that was UK focused, couldn't find any that was focused on character, couldn't focus, find any that was focused on Christians. Um, started writing around to lots of people and saying, where is it? We don't know, there isn't any. Um, so well, maybe I should do it. And then um, Bible Society uh, kind of came on and agreed to fund some of it, which was great. And Redcliffe College uh, agreed to do academic oversight. And then when we were walking in the forest, um, I started saying to my wife, Heather, and Rachel's just finished her degree, she'd be a brilliant researcher, she could do it. And uh, I nervously went, Rach. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, I, that, I just felt so, so sort of God bringing that all together. And actually the last year has been fantastic, hasn't it? Yeah. Of kind of, you know, going out and listening to millennial leaders mm. and, and capturing the research. And, and as this podcast has been launched, we've uh, been... Uh, 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 broadcast then we launched the research a, a week ago um, and have had a great response to it hey so that's incredibly exciting so getting place you know people like the bible society redcliffe college yeah, yeah. yourself with all of these experience and stuff yeah. that's been going on there getting rachel and yeah. uh you know someone who embodies good character and millennials leadership involved in that involved in the research that's really really exciting how is it that you hope this research to be uh, specifically used what what would that look like um, so we're hoping that organizations and leaders of organizations will really hear millennials' voice. So the uh, millennial generation has been stereotyped. It's been stereotyped as narcissistic, as um, wanting instant gratification, I mean, it's as entitled, so <laughs> um, some pretty nasty stereotypes. Mm, sure. um, we wanted to give millennials a voice to tell their story um, because actually the reality is Millennials aren't the future, they're the present, okay? So when I was 34, I was stepping up into a very senior role in BT. Um, when I was 36, I was stepping up into a CEO role at Samaritan's Purse. Um, the top end of millennials are 33, 34. They are stepping into very senior roles, okay? Mm -hmm. And there are lots of organizations who are looking at millennials and going, don't know how to manage them. They're a problem. Um, actually, the problem is about start about to start your leading leading your organisation. So if we can understand um, more of them and actually help them and support them and encourage them very specifically in their leadership development, then we can help every organisation. So I'm hoping uh, leaders will wrestle with it, churches will wrestle with it, but also millennial leaders will be encouraged um, by the depth of insight that they have. Um, the senior positions that are already leading into, um, but also challenged by the struggles mm. that each of them is talking about as well. And there were some fascinating results um, that uh, I'm sure Rachel's going to tell you about in a minute mm. um, that I think will help millennial leaders as well. So that's, I find this incredibly exciting, incredibly interesting. And so maybe you're listening and you're a millennial in leadership. Maybe you're listening and you're someone who employs uh, or engages with other millennials who are stepping up into leadership. Uh, this should definitely excite you too uh, and certainly hope that it will do. And so Rachel, uh, you are a millennial. How old are you? Is that too rude to ask? 23. Yeah. So that's, we're still young enough. I'm really, really old here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Barron to the 45. <laughs> <laughs> 53. <laughs> well, that's very 45. kind of you. That's right. That's what 
Brownie point description. It's getting extra brownie points. <laughs> Rachel, Simon just talked briefly about some of those stereotypes. Yeah. So some of those stereotypes, uh, anything that you've experienced before uh, or been sort of assumed of before? Do, do, yeah, do you resonate with some of those? Yeah, I think you hear it everywhere, don't you, in the media and stuff, labelled um, constantly with those labels. And actually speaking to the other millennials, similar experiences. So mm. it's interesting to sit in front of 50 different millennials and be like, okay, what's your story? What's your experience? Mm. Um, and hear very different side of the story. And you're not someone who sits on the sofa in the pyjamas waiting for a big bag of money to come through the door and uh, <laughs> anything like that. So I know that already. Um, but uh, but you've done a whole bunch, you've, you know, you've been the sort of head researcher uh, and throughout this process that there, from what I gather there have been five big things that have come out of this research uh, and so briefly want to go through some of those five things and can you kick us off what was what was one of maybe the one thing you know one of the, the biggest things that came out of this research sure so we start off by looking um, at identity in lots of the interviews and online um, and integrity and authenticity were just key coming out um, in so many areas millennials trying to be the same person in work outside of work um, bring this whole person to work and just do what they say they're going to do um, and there's just a real frustration with duplicity in leadership and people kind of saying one thing and acting the other thing. Um, so that was really encouraging to me to see that there's a real kind of striver for integrity and authenticity. Um, on the flip of that, there's a really high need for approval and fear of failure. So there's this tension here of people trying to be authentic and um, live a life of integrity, but also really struggling with wanting to be liked by people and their kind of leadership performance and... Um, yeah, needing approval and fearing kind of what will happen if I do the wrong thing. Will people not like me? Will I lose my kind of value in this workplace? Have you ever felt guilty about leaving the office at five to go and work on your side project? Or found the pace of your team strangely slow? The good news is you're not alone. Leading the millennial way, a new book co-authored by Forge's own Simon Barrington and Rachel Lutzford. It draws upon original research to identify the current landscape you're leading in, the shared marks from millennial leaders and the impact you have on your sphere of influence. Leading the Millennial Way is being published by SPCK on the 18th of April and you can pre-order the book on Amazon today. Interesting, so we talked a lot about identity last week uh, and interesting that was one of the big things that came out of uh, the research. Um, uh, and so really fascinating because I think that could massively change uh, a lot of how um, yeah, leadership works. Um, but, but as well as that, Nate, let, let's go through some of the others because there's, sure. there's top five. So number one, identity, yeah. uh, authenticity, all of, that, uh, all of that great stuff. Uh, what's number two? So two, we looked at culture. Um, so relationship just underpins everything in this. Mm. Um, millennials are wanting to have good communities, good relationship at work, people they socialise with in work and out of work. Um, again it's this whole person type of thing so it's not just you know the work me but you know me um, and wanting to have teamwork and collaboration within the workplace really strong on that um, less hierarchy so more kind of best idea wins as opposed to I'm important so I give the um, go ahead and yeah um, teamwork collaboration and Risk taking. Risk taking. Yeah. yeah. So it was really interesting that um, in in culture, millennials were talking. I've got the reporting post. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cheating. And so the millennials were talking about um, fear of failure, but they were saying actually we want to be challenged. 
Um, but we need to be challenged in a high support environment. So they were asking for high support, high challenge environments and, and really resonating with places where they were getting that. Sure. So they would talk really positively about my workplace is fantastic because we're encouraged to take risks, but also we know that we're, we're really well supported and we get good feedback and encouragement. Great. And so how would that differ really briefly? Because I know that we're on a time thing as well, but, but, but how would that differ from uh, other generations, do you think, Simon? Lots of people saying to us quotes like, you know, forget annual appraisals. Yeah, I just need to know right now how I'm doing. How was that last task? How was that last um, project I was working on? You know, give me that feedback now and give it to me in a in a very real way. Um, and and I want to know what that is. But I also want the encouragement to know that I'm doing well. Brilliant, brilliant. So we've had identity, we've had culture. Uh, can, can we talk about spirituality for a little yeah, bit as well? Because yeah, yeah. we were whether that was uh, another big part of the research. Um, uh, let's talk about, about that, Rachel. Can you, you fill us in about what, yeah. what came out of the research there? Yeah, so um, there was a lot of millennials. Well, nearly every millennial I spoke to would say they use the Bible in their everyday leadership. And this is Christian millennials, isn't Christian it? Yeah. millennials, yeah. 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 Um, so some people, kind of differently, some people write um, Bible verses in their planner, for example, um, teachers and things like that. Um, other people would spend like time and create rhythms in the morning to read the Bible before they go to work. I'm really seen as a vital part. Um, but what was really interesting in the online survey is actually about half of the millennials said that it wouldn't be their highest ultimate authority in their life. Wow. Um, which is so interesting when you've got a group of Christian millennials leading at a high level saying they use the Bible every day, but it's not the ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, yeah, interesting information there. Um, and prayer again was another big thing. People were using prayer a lot, especially in times where leadership's tough, and drawing on kind of community again, and prayer and community, reading the Bible and community. So mm. relationship coming in again. Yeah. So as a Christian, I find that incredibly encouraging on one level, and incredibly interesting and daunting, yeah. and yeah. brings up a huge amount of tension within exactly. within yeah. some of that yeah. spirituality. And then you're saying that you know being courageous in holding to the Bible in the next generation will be crucial as it's being undermined everywhere. Wow. So, so saying as a leader, we're seeing the whole of our culture around us undermining what Scripture says. And so holding to it mm. is really difficult. So mm. then asking for real help to be able to do that. So they're saying, mentor us, help, mm. help, they're saying to the older generation, mentor us in being able to apply scripture to our work, mentor us in being able to apply scripture to our families and our friends. Gosh. And that was really interesting mm. that, that people are really struggling with how they apply the Bible to their relationships. So again, mm. relationships is everything. Yeah. So if I have a difficulty in my relationship that I know the Bible has something to say into, maybe on a moral issue, actually the relationship's going to win, not mm. not scripture, mm. because actually the relationship is trumping, yeah, mm. any truth that you might have, even if you know it's there. You know, so it's a real tension and wrestle there for millennials. They're asking for help. Mm. So interesting how all these cool things link, right? Yeah, definitely. Is that, yeah, found... Yeah, relationship throughout, tension throughout. Mm. Um, and that's actually how we were able to analyse it. Um, really interesting of kind of all these things that they're wanting, but then all the things they're struggling with and just how they link so closely mm. together. So identity, culture, spirituality, leadership development? Yeah, so leadership development. So this is kind of two key areas. So you've got um, millennials developing other people, uh, which was a kind of massive key thing coming out. And also millennials wanting to be developed. So we'll start with that. So best places to work were always, oh, I'm being developed, I'm being mentored. I'm not just this narrow job description, but I'm being brought out of that and able to try new things, take risks, kind of um, work my way into the company. 
Um, but on the flip side of that, also really developing the next generation. So what's the best thing about leading? People would always say, I want to empower people below me. Yeah. I get to build their confidence. I get to um, kind of teach them new things and see them flourish. Um, which was so encouraging to see mm. that that's kind of such yeah. a core cool part of millennials leading. Um, and often this is through mentorship. So mentorship was massive. Mm. Um, nearly every, well, every millennial I spoke to wanted a mentor or had a mentor. So it was came up in every interview. Um, being able to have that consistency of journeying with someone, seeing that they're um, living a life of integrity. Age 23, 24, mm. I was not saying that the best thing about leadership was developing the next generation. Ooh. I was saying the mm. best thing about leadership was actually being able to create something new, yeah, mm. um, being involved in something exciting, um, developing myself, yeah, mm. but I was not saying, absolutely not saying, and as I've talked about this research with my peers, uh, they're saying we were not saying that. Mm. So really fascinating that 23, 24 year olds are saying the best thing about leading mm. is bringing on the next generation. Like, that's hugely wow. encouraging mm. um, and saying that we've been mentored ourselves and now we want to mentor. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, really encouraging. But the best yeah. thing you could do might not be something you do, but someone you raise. That's yeah, really yeah, exciting. Yeah. 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 Isn't that, you know, out of all of this, that, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah. And, and so would you resonate with that, Rachel? Would you, within your own life, would that be something that you would see in terms of wanting to be developed and also developing others? Yeah, definitely. And I think because I've understood the importance of it for me and people that have poured into my life and how vital mm. that's been for me. Um, you kind of want to be able to do that and provide that for someone else. So yeah, really resonate with it. That's cool. Let's just honour those people for a second. Who are some of those people that yeah, have brought into your life? Um, a lot of people at my church, Simon Barrington, for example, would be one. <laughs> the kind of organisations I've been involved with that mentor me, Soul Edge, I spoke about earlier. Great. Kind of thing, yeah. And final, final thing in terms of the research, or not the final thing, but one of the big five things I should say, because there's a whole array of good depth and uh, and gold nuggets that you can find from this. But opportunity and challenges. Simon, can you talk a little bit about that? For yeah. Us? So uh, conflict. Hmm. Yeah. So millennials saying we really don't know how to handle conflict. Well, it's one of the best quotes. This is my favourite. I always admire leaders who can have those difficult conversations. Not necessarily with me. That would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But that's one thing I would love to learn to do well. So yeah. you've got this massive tension of I can see other leaders handling conflict well and having difficult conversations. I really admire that. Um, I don't want them to do it to me, so I don't want them to have that hard conversation with me. Um, but I want to learn how to do it. Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so Manuel saying I admire something. Um, it feels terrible when it happens. Um, and actually implementing it is difficult. Um, the admiring it is great, it's a great start, uh, but we need to help millennials actually in dealing with conflict, in dealing with um, conflict in the workplace, conflict between peers, conflicts over work approaches. The worldview of millennials is vastly different from those mm. who are leading them. So there's this tension in the air um, across the generations as well. So how do we help millennials um, in dealing with conflict? That was one. Uh, technology, again, love-hate relationship with technology. Mm. Love it because of the potential. Love it because of the potential to reach people. Love it because of the potential to new thing, do new things. But actually the blurred boundaries that it creates in our lives. Mm. Are doing this is that. millennials yeah. saying this as well. Yeah, doing that exit. Yeah, mm. Mm. A really, really interesting. So I, you know, I wouldn't have, before this research, I would have said, no, millennials love technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, there's there's a, there's a tension there. So that's really, yeah, really important to understand. And then whole life balance was uh, work life balance was a mass. So so millennials fall, it fell fell into three camps. 
in work-life balance. There wasn't a unified view. Mm. Um, so those who work nine to five, leave at five every day, work is just something to do and then I go home. Uh, those for whom they have a real sense of purpose in their work and their purpose aligns with their organization purpose and therefore they will give their all to it and actually work like, you know, there's bullet boundaries but it doesn't matter. And then those who say, actually, we're having to work beyond nine to five and we don't like it and there are blurred boundaries in our lives and we're not sure how to manage it. So, so three different camps, mm. and, um, but people really wrestling with, they haven't got it sorted. They, they see challenges in the older generations. They don't want to burn out like their parents. They don't want to, they want to get a greater level of resilience but actually doing that in practice mm. needs a lot of help and support and encouragement. So if people are listening at home um, or in the car or wherever you are, uh, what can be the next step for them? How, you know, would they be able to get access to this research? What would, what would you want from people now? Yeah, so uh, you can go online to uh, millennial-leader.com. Mm. Um, and is it sponsored by VisitCanada.com? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a real website. It could be, it could be couldn't it? Um, yeah. And on there, you can download the research. Brilliant. Um, you can read it on the web, but I... I'd recommend you download it because it's got all the analysis and, and findings in it. Um, and then we've developed um, some health checks. So if you're a millennial leader, you can do a health check against the research to see how you stand against other millennial wow, leaders. If you're a leader of millennials, you can do a health check as well. If you're an organization, you can do a health check on your organization. And then if you're a church, mm. you can do a questionnaire as well to say, how is our culture reflective of what millennials are saying as well? And then Rachel's written a book. Wow. Hey. <laughs> Simon's written a book. <laughs> we've, we've written a book. The book's been written. Yes, we've written yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's coming out in spring 2019. Yeah. Um, and all the details of that are on the website as well. Has it got so, a name yet or is that still on the website? Yes, has. Leading the Millennial Way. Leading the Millennial Way. You can even pre-order it on Amazon. Oh, there you that's, go. That's, very that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Cool, and so we're almost wrapping up here, but to, to finish off, we always ask two questions, and so I'm gonna ask uh, one of them to each of you. Um, uh, Rachel, let's start with you, because Simon's just spoken for a bit. Uh, for you, we always ask, uh, what's your greatest excitement and fear when it comes to leading? Maybe we can expand that a little bit uh, to what's your greatest excitement and fear uh, when it comes to maybe other millennials leading? Mm. Um, well, there's what I talked about earlier, integrity and authenticity. Um, someone said in the research how you're now not going to be able to just talk about loving people you actually have to love them and you can't just talk about giving mm. your money away you actually have to do it um, <laughs> and I just think it's cool because for years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about it yeah. I just love that quote <laughs> and I think that um, with social media and kind of more and more access into people's lives and blurred boundaries it's coming much more obvious and you can spot kind of people that aren't living um, authentically from a mile away so um, I think that's really exciting people are actually going to kind of do what they say um, and the good leaders will kind of be really high levels of authenticity um, on the flip side of that you've got the need for approval and the fear of failure and I feel like they can um, hold us back so much as millennials um, there were such high levels and that's something I think we need to really work on as a generation and wrestle with um, use mentoring relationships and things to deal with that so that we can be much stronger in our um, identity and be less held back from being authentic Cool. So those are some of the tensions, so those are some of the fears of what's yeah. going on. Uh, what are the, the big excitements? What are the things that, that, yeah, that cause you to smile? Yeah, just the, uh, the high levels of authenticity is really exciting just because um, I think it's kind of really 
um, high character, high good character, character yeah. levels. Um, and it's not just about the competency it, yeah. anymore, but people are really strong in what they believe and who they are and leading from who they are, not what they are, what Brilliant. they do. Brilliant. And so Simon, uh, we'll be asking millennials this question a lot in the coming weeks. Uh, and so this might be a good sort of benchmark to put it against in terms of trying <laughs> to uh, separate maybe what it would look like from, from other people. But for you, what's the biggest tension that you live with in your leadership? So the constant tension, even though I talk about it a lot, speak about it a lot, do seminars on it a lot, the biggest tension is actually living out um, a daily walk with Jesus. Um, where I'm totally reliant on him and totally trust in him for every moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest tension is that I know that theory. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty when you know stuff, isn't it? I talk about it and I encourage other people to do it. But the reality is some of the tensions that millennials talked about are daily realities Mm. and actually the big battles are won in a small triumphs every day brilliant yeah and you know i think that's what millennials are recognizing they're probably recognizing it earlier than i did so how do we help millennials and how do we help leaders in general to win the small battles every day so that the big influence and the big changes in society actually happen that's that's the tension Brilliant. And I think that's a great place to wrap up on. Uh, as we said at the beginning, this is a, a podcast and where we really want to promote character. We want to stimulate discussion. We want to hear stories and we want to give millennials leadership voice, which uh, I think all of those have been achieved in one way or another uh, today. And so wherever you're listening from, whether you're in the car or whether you're at home or uh, if you're listening with other people, I hope you have a great day uh, and looking forward to uh, you tuning in next week. Thanks for listening. For more details on all of the millennial leadership research, visit millennial-leadership.com. And don't forget to catch up on the Forge Leadership Podcast at forge-leadership-podcast.com.